just have to do it in one take. Yeah, I'm gonna have to do a little bit more editing than normal. That's fine. Yeah. Oh, let me get the emails pulled up here. This will be some good bonus content. How about that? Yeah. It looks like I sound a little bit louder than you. What's this fucking mi- this microphone position's tough for me? Do you want to like turn it? I think this is okay here. Is that coming through okay? The waveform's pretty low though. Yeah. I, I'm always like significantly louder, but I think it's because my mouth is that much closer. Do I need to eat the microphone? I mean, I can do that. Oh, God. Yeah, now we're talking. All right. Um, uh, Hold, please. Take your time. You're doing the intro anyway. Yeah, I know. I need to get into the um, shooby doo up off the beaten cliff email. Oh, fuck, I'll just get it on my phone. Fuck it. Do you want to hear the original um, <laughs> podcast names that I came up with before we did <laughs> For No this? Nonsense? Oh, no. Yeah, sure. This was from July of <coughs> 2017. Threat Level Midnight. Okay, awful. Dudes Being Dudes. <laughs> Even worse. <laughs> Locally Grown. I like that. Rally Cap. Rally Cap's good. No Nonsense and Queen City Bad Boys. Because bad, oh. bad Boys were fresh on my mind. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't go with Queen City Bad Boys. No? Mm, yeah, that's no, not good. Queen City Podcast is good, though. Yeah. I'm glad we settled on that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, what was I doing? Oh, yeah. I don't know why this isn't popping up. There it is. Where did, did Louis? Louis hasn't sent an email. What a bitch. I know. I mean, we told him yesterday. No excuses. Mm-hmm. Um, to be fair, Ben's isn't for this episode either. <laughs> it's for the spooky. Well, he has a little comment about... Uh, yeah, the, the show. Yeah, but we'll save it for tomorrow. I mean, I can. Yeah, we'll just. Save it. Oh, fuck it. That's less work for me. I'm kind of excited to hear what you think about this because the more I listened to it, the more I liked it. Really? Yeah. Hold on. Am I coming through? Where's that waveform at? Where are you at there, waveform? Oh, okay. Gotcha. All right, whenever you're ready. Fuck, what do we say? <laughs> hey, everybody, welcome to episode whatever the fuck of Off the Beaten Clef. This week we're doing a band, little band called Tokonoma and their their album, Vista, from 2020. So let's get into it. <laughs> As I said before in the intro, uh, as I always do, uh, we're doing Tokonoma. The album name is Vista. So yeah, what I really wanted to do, I really wanted to expand, you know, really go off the beaten clef, you know, the name of the show and really kind of live that. So I really struggled and I was like, you know what? I really like Japanese jazz. I know that from years of watching anime and from playing video games that feature their, that style of jazz. And as I talked about last week, it's interesting to see a culture 
explore a medium that is so far removed from what their culture is. It, 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 it really came from the African-American community. Uh, and if you look at the history of music itself, really modern music didn't start until after slaves were freed and you know African-American music became more mainstream over time. And that really kind of led to modern music as we know it. it if, if, who knows? Uh, where we would be without you know those pioneers of blues and jazz and so it's really really cool to see japan who was isolationist forever kind of take this uh very american form of music and make it their own and so i really wanted to explore that and i found a band in tokonoma which not only is really good but all of their song titles were in english so that was really important it's big for us. It's it's it's, it's uh, pretty important. I mean, I could attempt to translate them and tell you what the song titles are, but I didn't feel like doing that much work, to be perfectly honest with you. And we're also back to to a little. We're dabbling back into instrumental able. Yes, for sure. And uh, I would I would uh, I wouldn't even really call Tokonoma straight jazz. They're more like of an experimental like. I don't know if you can have prog jazz because jazz, by its very definition, feels progressive. <laughs> it's always kind of pushing the edges of music. Uh, but I just I really really have always dug the Japanese sensibility that they bring to jazz. It's a very clean, again still pushing the envelope, but also very clean and precise. And I don't want to say very Japanese because that doesn't feel right. But it, 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 there is a certain sensibility that the Japanese musicians tend to bring to jazz that I really dig. Yeah, this this was really cool. I would have. I would have been hard pressed to imagine this band was from Japan just yeah. just by listening to it. So to have that kind of the touchstone before was kind of cool because a lot of the the choices that they make are a little different than sure. than what we're used to. Sure. And I thought it was just a fun a fun seven album. This is the second week in a row we've had shorter albums, and it's it's been fun to kind of explore the the songs that are just kind of all over the place. Yeah, and. Yeah, I, I had a lot of fun with this album, and I don't know. After last week, it was kind of a little more tame than what we <laughs> yeah, what we had. It's weird so. to say that, right? But uh, yeah, it kind of was. It was more of a, uh, it's more, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I guess tame is the right word for it. Uh, more relaxing, I guess. It's not relaxed and controlled. Yeah, controlled is probably the correct word for it. Thank you, Dylan. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> Uh, I didn't look up any fun facts because I'm a, I'm a dork and forgot to. But they are from Shibuya. It's a, a, pro, a prefecture of Tokyo. Uh, I don't know anything about Shibuya or if they have a great jazz culture there. I just know it's a four-piece. And they sound dope. Uh, so that's really my opening thoughts. I, I, this was really my my foray to like serious jazz to see if I actually really liked it. At 34 years, do I really like jazz? And so we'll find out together as we journey through this album. Spoiler alert, I like it. I don't like it. <laughs> I didn't hate it. That's a spoiler for you. Yeah. That's a little teaser. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of share the same opening thoughts. I, I went in with my eyes wide open. I was trying to be open-minded because I was like, Japanese jazz. Like, mm-hmm. Those are two things I'm just not familiar <laughs> sure. with. Two cultures that, you know, we've gotten to know a little bit better this year, but I just didn't know if I was ready. And this album was a good a good dip of the toe and say uh, yeah yeah and like i said i don't think this is like traditional jazz so uh, i was listening to another guy that uh my good friend alec uh, introduced me to and as i was talking to him about like hey i really like jazz you like jazz too right and he was like yeah i had fallen off but here's a guy you should listen to i forget his name i don't have my phone on me to look it up but uh yeah it was a really really 
that's more of a classical jazz standard. And it's just like a, it's a, he's a piano pianist. I was going to say piano player. Pianist. <laughs> he's a pianist. Um, but he's just really good. Really good jazz. But yeah, so this is more of a different take on it. So you ready to hop in? Let's do it. All right. Track number one is called Drifter. And I can't overstate how nice this intro is. There's killer drums. It's a super sweet synth. And there's the explosion into the main theme. It's kind of a theme overall, I think, with this with this band. Um, there's almost like this heavily distorted bass line. I don't know if I was, that was just in my headphones because I didn't hear it. On, I only heard it on a couple listens. Could have just been poor audio quality or I just wasn't paying enough attention. Um, but there's this, it, there's like this growliness underneath, uh, and it adds an interesting dimension to what is kind of an ambient like starting track. Uh, clean guitar, there's a clean guitar break followed by a crescendo drum roll back into the main theme, which is just so, oh, so fucking good. And I think that's why I like jazz, and I think it's it's very similar to metal in that way, where it makes you wait, but those little nuggets that you get, holy fuck, they're good. And it's again, that's another thing with this band. They kind of give you little nuggets here and there that just keep you interested just long enough. It's the transitions back into normalcy. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's it's like when they go off and then they come back, just finding creative ways to get back to where you were. Yeah, it's nudging that edge, right? It's like this is this is becoming unlistenable. But so here's your treat for getting here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, it's just a it's just sounds super straightforward when you first listen to it, but it's actually it's incredibly complex once you start listening to it uh, from with a critical ear. And I I think I'm gonna say it over and over and over again. The drummer in this band is fucking insane. He's so yeah. fucking good, man. And I think I want to. I want to subscribe to this guy's YouTube channel. Does he have one? I don't know. I, I don't know. know. We're gonna find out. And for for it being my album, I did precious little research into this band. In uh, in fairness, we're doing two episodes this week. Yes. And also, this is our second day in a row recording for this yes, album. Yes, that's true. Uh, so you know, we want, we're we doing our best. We wanted to make sure we got <laughs> that's it all right. We're getting it. That's that's our excuse. We're just really perfectionists, but uh, you'll never know the actual truth. Um, <laughs> I feel like this is like super indie. I don't kind of it. It reminds me of like a, a Zach Braff directed movie <laughs> about self discovery. <laughs> sure, and I think it's because as soon as you left, like I was letting the dogs out, and you told me you sent me the link to this album, and I just started playing it when I let the dogs out. And I was just like standing out there, and it was just like dim lights dark outside mm-hmm. and it was just like watching the dogs run around it was like dang this is kind of cool yeah. and that was like a, a, f- a cool first uh discovery and i'm not sure i i'm not going to talk about the song titles too much but like yeah. drifter kind of felt like this song was apt because it kind of goes all the way and it kind of feels like you're drifting and like mm-hmm. kind of finding your way yeah and i don't know if that's exactly what they were going for but i had some self-discovery yeah no I, th- to it. I think the the song titles are definitely intentional now whether they like fully flesh out those themes you know whatever that's that's up to you but it's, it's hard to with instrumentals yeah but i think they they i think jazz is a music of emotion right i'll get into that a little bit in my closing thoughts too but i think they went for an emotion rather than trying to really flesh out a theme of oh this is a this is a drifter or oh hey you're drifting through space it's just they wanted to give you the feeling and the emotion of of uh, weightlessness kind of or uh meandering uh whatever the description of drifter you want to take on i think that's what they were going for and i think jazz is really good at that because you're allowed to play around so much more in jazz because there are rules but there are also no rules at the same time so I think it's really, really cool to really dig in and 
look at the song title and I was like, oh, yeah, okay. That feels like a drifter. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm drifting. <laughs> yeah. I also, I, you mentioned the drummer. I have to say, there's like a 40-second uh, clip where the drummer, just like the full band goes out and the drummer is yeah, like the only great. one. And uh, the full band comes back in to finish the original song off. But that's just such a jazz or like instrumental, experimental band thing to do is just let let the drummer have his own moment. Yeah. For more than like ten seconds, it's just <laughs> such a crazy move, um, and I, I really appreciated it. Cool, man. Yeah. Uh, so song number two, "High Wind." Mm-hmm. The drums were clutch in the last song, but his ability to jam out from the opening note, light speed, he, dude. He doesn't take a breath yeah, the entire crazy. song. That, yeah, incredible. And uh, dude, I, it, it led me to ask this question to you. Do drummers make instrumental bands? Do you- <laughs> I mean, there are, so in Japanese culture, there's a, I think it's uh, Taito, I think, and it's literally just a group of drummers, and it's fucking incredible if you've never seen it. I think that's what it is. T-A-I-T-O, uh, I think is what it's called. It could be something different. That may just be a, the group that I watch that it's called. It's either that's the group I watch or that's what the actual style is called, but yes, there are bands of just drummers. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. I I I worded it wrong. Do they make the band? Oh, do they like? Do they? I like both. Them, I they, like both <laughs> questions because uh, I get different answers. But yes, like, I a hundred percent think so. Because if you think about what a drummer does in an instrumental piece, it 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 holds everything together. It's like what a lead singer does. It kind of grounds everything else. Everything else is wrapping around that lead singer where. The drums kind of take on that role. I mean, drums obviously are going to keep the rhythm no matter what kind of arrangement you're doing, but it, they're almost way more vocal, and I feel like they have to be to kind of carry out what all of the other musicians are trying to do. And I think bass kind of takes that role a little bit too, but again, bass is always going to fall to the back, the back of the track. It's always going to be in the bed, whereas drums come forward, and I think they can kind of play around a little bit and kind of take on more of a quote-unquote vocal role. So yeah, I totally, totally think so. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't decipher if like... Just the instrumental bands we're listening to are just have that great of drummers, or if that's what makes an, an instrumental band stand out. I think it's both. I think you have to be a really good drummer to do instrumental music. I think you have to have, I think you have to be good at all, all of your musicians have to be world class or somewhere around there to do this and do it well. And I think, yeah, the drummer specifically is going to stand out because, yeah, the piano and the guitarist are going to do their thing, but they would do that anyway. And so the drum has to kind of pick up that that extra slack from the no vocals. So yeah, yeah I totally I totally think that's a that's a great observation, and I think it's a hundred percent true. Um, this is the first song I felt like they were all the full band. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can feel the guitars, that that drum bed, and the bass, even you know, some out of place piano, mm-hmm. which I'm not. I'm spoiler alert. I'm kind of a, a big hater of the piano <laughs> yeah. on this, which it's part of jazz. So. Nonetheless, it was cool in this song, but I just like kind of felt too forward, and it gets worse later on. But I love that the song ends the way it started, just the drummer going off, yeah. and it's such a cool song. Yeah. This ending is wild, absolutely wild. But yeah, like you said at the beginning, it's just that those those drums fly at light speed. It knocks you right back into your seat at the beginning of this track. Um, and, it, and I think this song is called High Wind. I could be wrong, but uh, the airship in Final Fantasy VII is called The High Wind. And that gave me the feeling of flying around in an airship. 
uh, like just you know when you get bored and you've played Final Fantasy seven a thousand times like I have you just kind of fly around in the high wind every now and again and do donuts in the sky and that's kind of what this made me feel like <laughs> so uh, yeah it could I mean. Be. I, I'm addicted. I don't know what it's called in jazz. I, I wrote down. I wish I knew more jazz terms because I, just, I, I don't have. I don't have the terms. <laughs> we're we're jubes. We're jazz noobs. <laughs> that sounds that sounds a little too racist for me. <laughs> it's jubes. Jubes. <laughs> Let's just call ourselves uh, Ch- chuggy jubes. <laughs> you still said jubes. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll workshop and we'll get back yeah. to you. Uh, we're novice jazz listeners. For sure. Navujubes. Uh, okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. <laughs> I was going to say novice jazz noobs. No, no. Okay. You're good. You're good. Um, anyway... <laughs> <laughs> I'm addicted to jazz switches is what I'll call them. It's, it's akin to like a, a drop in EDM or a breakdown in metal where they just all of a sudden just switch shit up on you. Or like it turns on a dime and they do it constantly like this band does. And again, it's something that jazz does as well, uh, just in general. So uh, they do it, but they don't. It's not the same as a drop or a breakdown because the tempo doesn't change. The tempo remains the same. They just switch up the song completely it's like okay you're we're playing as the same song but it's completely different same tempo we're just playing something new now and it's it's so fucking cool like every time I'm like oh yeah hell yeah let's go and then they come back to the main theme it's just it's it's it's, it's a beautiful writing technique uh, and i wish there was more of it in music because it's cool as shit it's probably incredibly hard to do i imagine just switch what you're playing because again music is predicated on predictability so becoming playing unpredictably but being unpredictably predictable that's kind of what we said last week with Bill Murray was like, we kind of knew the formula that it was going to be erratic. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and that's crazy to think like even we can even get used to that erratic nature. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Yeah. Ready to move on? Yeah. All right, cool. Number three, DeLorean. And first thing I wrote is I know this is going to remind Dill of Strawberry Girls, the intro at least, because it definitely did for me. Um, it's just silky, silky smooth. Uh, there's what really stands out. On, again, I'm going to talk about the drummer for. I took so many notes on this song. Uh, wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, this, this, this symbol work in this. It just, it just. I don't know if it's like a closed symbol. Again, I don't know enough about drumming to know what it is, but it's fucking awesome. It's like very staccato, which is. I mean, I, you think of a symbol hit. It's like going to reverberate, but it, it's got to be. So it's got to be a, like a closed. I don't know what it's called. But it's cool. It sounds fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a switch at the one minute mark that that builds a nice little bit of tension, uh, only to be released by the, by the again the main thing coming back. It's again, it's it's just a cool technique. Um, and then we get into what I can only describe as like space synth <laughs> at 145, and it just comes out of nowhere, and it really kind of is. It's like a palate cleanser in the middle of a song almost. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, of course, the longest track or one of the longest tracks on the album is my favorite track. This is my favorite track. I kept coming back to this one when I was listening to it. And I'm like, okay, I got to listen to this album again. Let's start with DeLorean. Let me get in the mood. And, uh, you know, I didn't, it's just, I don't know. There's something about this that it feels very modern, but also very 70s at the same time. I think it's because of the, um, like synth organ that they use it's very very 70s so if you listen to again random access memories they use a lot of that same synth sound because they were looking for that like old school disco 
pop feel and that's kind of what this is here it's just i don't know it's it's really really fucking cool and again it's 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 cool when you in music when you can find something that sounds old but new and that's just it's so hard to do and do effectively uh let's see what else do i have to say here i took way too many fucking notes <laughs> you want me to go for a little bit uh i'll end with this i'll say it before you do this okay. could have been about a minute shorter um <laughs> or you could have just I, d- I actually didn't have any qualms with the oh, length of okay, it okay cool yeah i kind of did like went towards the like i was like because the last like two and a half minutes ish is just the same thing and they, they you know they switch it up a little bit but it could have been a little bit shorter i think I think at the the four forty five mark, yep. it sounds like the DeLorean hitting eighty eight miles per hour yeah. and sending us back from the future and into the origins of where we started with the song. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool because I could picture it like you're back to where we started. Yeah. It's like everything you went through in the song was like Marty McFly's journey of trying to get his parents back together and you know all that cool shit that happens in back to the future so to have a song called delorean and you have that mental image uh was really cool yeah and i think in that part right before it there's like this pretty lengthy freeform section where it's just kind of chaos and so to be just dropped right back in it's just so fucking good Mm -hmm. that's a great analogy too because you're right it does feel like like that moment of tension in the movie where you where doc's like sliding down and trying to yeah and then all of a sudden the lorian just just yeah it's exactly what it is it's release yeah so that's that's why I think I was okay with the length of the song because the mid tempo pace kind of lets you know that like the first two songs are short and sweet but this one's gonna like take its timing and it's not in mm-hmm. any rush to get anywhere and um, yeah you said it perfectly it sounded like Strawberry Girls and it just kind of like I did a I did the emoji handshake which mm-hmm. I started adding my notes the emoji handshake to let you know that I really approve of this album mm-hmm. Good. three songs in I was like okay I like it sweet it wasn't just it wasn't just the first two songs that were good. It, the third, if three out of seven are good, that's good enough for me. Oh for yeah, album. I think yeah, that's most of the album. It's mm-hmm. a good chunk of it anyway. You got any else? Anything no, else for Delorean? Let's move around. Oh, you on down the line. You're cutting out. No, no I, all the my, chunk. my last note was about the the four forty five mark. Oh so yeah, I just was like, it oh matter. sorry, I took it. No, it's okay. I just, I it was such a block of text that I didn't bother to read it all. <laughs> so, uh, so number four is Mirage. Yes. Let's uh, slow it down for all you folks out there. Not just slow it down, but fucking slow it way down. You're walking into a piano bar, right? Mm-hmm. Smoke's banked down, and we're getting jazzy. We're getting jazzy. It's just, it, there's it's so sexy. much. Oh, it's, there's just so much un, like gritty silence in there. Anyway, I'll let you continue on with your thoughts. I'll get into it in a second, but man, oh, man. I, I really appreciate that this album is just like never in a rush. Yeah. Like wherever they're going is where they're going. And mm-hmm. it's not like we got to crank through this and like, and that's a lot of my albums. And I know that's your critique on some of my albums is like, wh- why are they in such a rush? Yeah. But th- these guys are never in a rush and I love it. And it just kind of takes its time. And uh, at the 145 mark, we hit this piano solo and it just kind of fits perfectly. And it's like slows, slowed down jazz fest. And it's probably the last good thing I have to say about a piano in this album. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Um, boy. But at times, this almost feels like an 80s, like, noir detective, like, trying to solve a crime. And there's, like, a a sexy uh, flapper girl laying on top of a piano. (laughs) Tell me about it, stud. Yeah. Smoking her long cigarette. Like, there's just such a cool mental image with the song. And, uh, you know, it's... 
it's perfectly placed in the middle of the album. Yeah. Like you want a jazz album, just go right to the middle and you'll find it. Yeah. Yeah. Mirage. Yeah. Mirage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. It's again, like you said, uh, it's a much needed slowdown from a pretty brisk opening. I think uh, yeah. for three songs. And I, you know, I wrote, is there anything tastier than a jazz palate cleanser? Because this is a hundred percent a palate cleanser for sure. But holy shit, is it good? It's like a, I don't know. I imagine a, f- a foie gras. Whatever. <laughs> it's, it, you get that in between courses, and it's just a creamy deliciousness. I don't know. I mean, it's yeah. just duck liver, I think, or something like that. Yeah. But people fucking love it. It's a rich thing. I don't fucking know. Uh, anyway, this is the everyone show off song. Uh, the drummer gets a chance to really show off, and I think the drummer gets a chance to show off by this fucking opening blew my mind because he's not keeping time in the opening, like 30 to 40 seconds. He's just punctuating what the guitar is doing. And so he's, I mean, he, uh, yeah, he eventually gets back into like his metronome rhythms and like hitting the things he should on the right beats. But at the beginning of this song, it is, he doesn't sound like he's doing much, but holy shit, like that has to be so difficult to still stay in time and just count in your head. You're not actually playing, you're not hitting anything. You're just counting in your head and staying on time that way. How difficult that must be one for the band, but two for the drummer to to get it right and to nail it like that. I mean, I get it. It's a studio recording, and I'm sure they can do it live, but man, it just fucking blew my fucking socks off, man. How little he's doing, but how difficult that littleness is. It's it's just it blew my mind, and then that's why I think when everybody when anybody says like, oh, this drummer's the best of all time, I was like, no, go listen to some jazz and some like fucking death metal, and then come back and tell me how how good all of it's a hyperbole because saying of all time is like. We have no way of listening to all of it. Yeah, that's We're true. We're trying. Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. You're right. Um, so it's it's all based on your perception of what you've. This is the best drummer you've ever listened to. Maybe I can hundred percent buy that. But there's always somebody better out there that you haven't heard. And I think jazz. And again, this is my take on it. But jazz and metal has the most difficult drumming. I think just technically, mm-hmm. because obviously you can you can prove that just by you know how this is technically difficult. <laughs> that's yeah. that's not really uh, subjective. It's it's objectively difficult to do. Uh, but yeah, man, it's uh, I, I love this track. It's the token sex song somehow on a instrumental album. This, is, oh, this song is all about it sex. It drips with sex. Oh man, it drips with sex is a hundred percent right. It's fucking soaking me to the bone, baby. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I fucking love this song. Uh, it's it's great. It, I couldn't ask for a better middle album song than this. Just, yeah, blew me the fucking way. Uh, getting into Flying Lime, unless you have more to say about... Let's do Flying Lime. Let's do Flying Lime, because holy shit. Uh, I guess the drummer got bored and said, fuck you guys, I want to go fast. <laughs> We're right back, but right back into fucking light speed. I only, took, I only had three notes on this song somehow. Uh, I guess I just forgot that I had to take more notes on this song. Anyway, uh, it feels like a campy, old campy spy flick. Uh, like, this feels like, uh, not like James Bond. It's, it's not, James Bond is too serious for this, but there's other, like, more campy, like a Get Smart or something like that. Yeah. It, this feels like it would be like a Pink Panther or something like that. Agent Cody Banks. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> you like how assured I was? Yeah, Agent Cody Banks. Yeah, I mean, it's because I've watched it recently. You're not wrong. Yeah. It's just that's Spy Kids. Completely different type of movie than I was going for. No. <laughs> I was going for like the <laughs> International camp. Spies. I was going for 70s camp. You went for early 2000s, early aughts camp, and that's yeah. fine. But 
I just, <laughs> I just wanted like, you to say early on. <laughs> just, yeah, I just wasn't paying, I just wasn't expecting it. It threw me for a loop. You're 100% right, Dale. You just like get smart. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was redone recently. Yeah, it was redone by uh, Steve Carell recently. Yeah. I didn't know it was an older movie. It was, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it was. Uh, I think it was a TV show first. I don't uh. fucking know. Anyway, uh, I've never really watched it. I just know it's old and campy, kind of. Anyway, um, and the last note I had somehow miraculously on this awesome song is at 2.30, it turns into almost flamenco for a few seconds, and I didn't even complete the sentence. I think what happened is my computer had frozen up, and I got pissed, and I, sh- and I closed it down. <laughs> yeah, when you started up, you're like, let's go to Aloe. Well, yeah, then I saw there was already notes. I was like, well, I guess I was done with that yep. song. <laughs> So we'll just move on to the next one. So I'll let you handle the the heavy lifting on Flying Lime. So the song starts with some plucky little guitar solo that gives us some much-needed momentum. Mm -hmm. Because after the palate cleanser, you're like, you feel good. You feel rejuvenated. And you're like, you know what? I'm kind of ready to go fast again. Yep. Yep. And I love that this bass has its time to shine at uh, 115. But, but, the piano is so fucking loud, you can hardly hear it. (laughs) You have to let... And the, here's my here's my issue. I, I I don't know who makes the album, and I'm not hating on whoever makes the sure. album, because you know there's a there's a small chance Tokonoma might hear us and have this translated it's for a, them. It's a non-zero chance. Um, but what's up? Like, wh- why is the piano so far <laughs> forward in this song? Was it needed? In this like upbeat song we didn't need to like put the piano as a bed yeah and let the bass get its moment because it hasn't really had a, a whole ton of moments sure, sure. we had a piano solo last song we haven't like, played our solo every song yeah let the bass guy go a little bit <laughs> i don't care if the piano is playing in the background it doesn't have to be the loudest instrument is all i'm getting at hashtag bassists are people too yeah shout out to lou who plays bass so it just reminds me of <laughs> that uh those articles the hard times it was oh, like yeah. <laughs> bassist is aggravated that a uh, sound check guy is more important than he is <laughs> <laughs> i mean not he's not wrong <laughs> yeah um bassist is mad that no one realized he didn't show up for practice <laughs> anywho uh there's bongos in this song yes. and i uh, can't overstate how much i love bongos. yeah there's a, a flying lime again it's tropical feeling i think that's yeah. as, that's as deep as they went with it so yeah, again, it, the 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 song titles are mere suggestions of what you're about to feel, and then you can kind of discover that any way you want. The last note I really had for the song, much like a lot of the artists we've been doing recently, is they know how to wrap up a song, and I love the yeah. way the song ends. Yeah, no, go ahead. Sorry, and, and and I don't think that can be understated. Is sometimes songs like, like, hey, let's just do the chorus one more time, and we'll finish up. Yeah, and we haven't been doing a lot of poppy stuff, and just it was nice to like have a bunch of albums that are just like, we're going to do something crazy to end the song because yeah. this might be our last song. What if the uh, the record label comes back and is like, no, you only get four songs. And it kind of feels like all these artists are doing it that way. Yeah, like, sure. We want to end like it's our last song, yeah. and that's cool. Yeah, I think I think what, what frustrated me too a little bit, not frustrated, but it frustrated me from a musical standpoint because there's a lot of songs they end on unresolved notes, which is... Again, just a stupid snobby jazz thing to do, but I also really love it because if you don't have like that base knowledge of like, yeah, you want to resolve your notes, like you, you, there's like chord progressions and you want to end back on one of the, you know, the note that resolves that chord progression. Otherwise, it sounds really weird and uncomfortable. And they do that a couple, three or four times on this album where they just end on an unresolved note and it's, it's infuriating. But it's also really fucking cool. 
It's like when uh, a TV show ends with a cliffhanger, which they almost always do at the end of like a season finale. You're like, oh. Not just a cliffhanger, but like a sudden cliffhanger. It's like, oh shit, the episode's done? Yep. Like all of a sudden, you like there's building up tension and just all of a sudden, the end. And it's like, what? No! There, I just had so, there was there was more there has to be more there Next has to be more to this on Tokonoma. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was all I had for uh, flying lime. Does the lime land? <laughs> we'll never know. We'll never know. Does was it turn into aloe? <laughs> was the flying lime actually in purgatory all along? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Good fucking twist. Lost. I figured that out in fucking season two when I was in goddamn middle school. You piece of shit. I love Lost. Don't get me wrong. But God, I feel like I'm going to go on a rant about Lost for a second. Let's do it. We got time. (laughs) Because Lost is so fucking good. But they they wrote themselves in the corner. And I think the last two seasons were them trying to get out of it. And it pisses me off. And that's why they suck. I mean, I I don't hate them. But God damn, what a waste of a great fucking show. It's the best network TV show that's ever been on for like the first four to five seasons. It's great. It's fucking amazing. And... They ruined it by just picking the most obvious twist to get out of it. They're like, "Hey, we got we gotta resolve this somehow. We don't we don't have we have one season left. Well, let's do a bunch of flashbacks with one guy being the conduit, and then oh, it's stupid. I fucking hate it. Anyway, I don't hate it. I love that show, but I hate how much I don't hate in, it. In our world, <laughs> I hate how I don't hate it at all. It's like ten things I hate about you. Exactly. The, the tenth thing I hate about you is I don't hate it at all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Aloe is track number six. Um, a hip hop beat? Question mark. Yeah. It's like um, a, it's a nice little mid tempo switch up. It's, it's yeah. weird. Uh, I honestly would like to hear like a Tokyo rapper put some some raps or uh, like yeah, a hip hop lyrics under any sort of Asian. Like like a Chinese based language rapping sounds so fucking cool. Like Korean rappers are awesome. I've never I don't think I've ever heard a Japanese rapper or a Chinese rapper, but anything in that I've heard a lot of Korean rappers and they're fucking awesome. The way because their their language is so different, so the way they break shit up sounds fucking fucking sweet. Yeah, it, it's it's got the bones to be like a really cool hip hop song. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a second song on the piano, uh, uh, second song in a row that I got beef with the piano. <laughs> I think it's because it's so far forward in every in the last two songs. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily every song, but it just feels like I don't know. I don't know if the mixer was like ready for the album to be over and he just like stopped mixing mm-hmm. and he was just like, "Oh shit, you know what I forgot to do? I forgot to tune down the piano." I don't know. <laughs> I'm just speculating. Uh it could be uh you know, it could be a really cool bed for the song, but somehow it's just like really forward and drowns everything else mm-hmm. out. Yeah. I mean, I don't have much to say about this song either. Um, it's like, I feel like it's the most clean and traditionally jazz, like mid tempo to up tempo jazz track that we have. Um, I really, I mean, I, by contrast, love the little piano solo where they drop everything else out and it's just the piano doing the main theme at the 220 mark. That's a really cool touch. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's fairly repetitive, but it's okay because it's so perfectly done. Like it's just well-written and I think that's okay if you go, if you want to get repetitive, uh, that's okay because it feels like the, it feels like variations on the same theme for four minutes. It's like they switch up the variation every 40 to 50 seconds or so. So that's, I mean, it's a cool, it's a cool song, but again, if you're not really listening to it critically, I could see somebody getting really bored with this track. So yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's fine. I think aloe is appropriate cause it's a nice, it's a cool down. We're getting, we're getting to the end of the album. So 
rub that aloe on the skin, feel the feel the healing power of a nice, bouncy, happy track. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's it. Into so far. So far. <laughs> it's so far. It's all one word, though. Um, I don't know what the meaning is behind that or if it's just a bad translation or whatever. But that kick drum in this song for such a like understated song it and this it's, it's like almost like a lo-fi track but that kick drum just rattles your soul and it's it's just i don't know why i love it so much it just it penetrates and kick drums don't normally like cut through like that and like you'll hear like toms and 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 snare and shit cut through but that kick drum it just it it like slides underneath the track and then comes back up and punches you in the face. It's great. I don't know how they did it. I don't know if it's just a recording technique where they mixed it that way, or if it's just, they had like a mic on the kick drum or something like that, but man, it's fucking awesome. Uh, it's, it's, there's a slightly like off kilter switch in the piano at the 50, at the 50, 50, 50 second, 50, 50 second, 50 second mount, 50, 50 second mark. I just had a stroke. Uh, (laughs) And it's it's little shit that like that that makes jazz interesting, because like I said before, I mean yeah, jazz on its surface can be boring, it can be repetitive, but there's these little snippets of genius like they're like oh ooh hey it's like uh, it's like getting poked here here and there like oh hey that tickles hey I like that ooh. it's like being you know having your partner blindfold you and stop, just yeah stop <laughs> yeah, exactly I'll, I'll end my sex metaphor there before it gets gross <laughs> anyway uh, this would absolutely make my Zen playlist if we were to remake it I would put this on there a hundred percent there's just there's an effortless cool in this track that is it's it's hard to overstate how good that makes me feel and also how difficult that is to do well again i'm going to bring back buble again he tries to be effortlessly cool but in doing that it's it feels like he's trying really fucking hard Mm -hmm. to be effortless and you know what i mean and so that's what that's what genius writing will do it'll take something that's difficult to do and make it seem effortless and that's that's true of anything really you know enough practice and you know when you get some good it's really good at something something that's really difficult can feel effortless after a while and that's or look effortless to people watching and they try they're like oh no that's fucking horrible it's like fucking juggling juggling looks like it should be easy i can't fucking do that shit to save my life <laughs> save my life yeah. um yeah it's a great closer and it left me wanting more like i immediately every time i listen to this album all the way through i'd immediately listen, like go back and listen to drifter again i think that the boom, cool doom, 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 doom. Oh, yeah, yeah it if you put uh, repeat on this, it's it's a perfect fourteen song album because yeah, sure. you want to hear it twice. Hundred <laughs> yeah, percent. Um, it's got this feeling to me that like this last song was meant to be like when a show ends, yeah, and you want more after like you're yelling encore, but hundred like, percent the lights come up and this music's like you can hear it playing at like Bogarts or something. Mm-hmm. You hear it playing and everyone's like picking their shit up and you're like. Well, maybe they're just leaving. They're going to come back. Mm-hmm. And like the realization that like, no, the album's over, it's dude. It's done. Um, it's kind of like a, a sinking feeling, but also like a cool one because it is lo-fi and it's still got like a co- cool things that you can pick up on, but it is kind of like a dreadful like, yep, this is it. Mm-hmm. And you have to kind of come to terms with that. So yeah, it's closing time. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a very it's a very cool last clo- last song for the album. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is an intentional closer because I don't think this would this would work as well anywhere else in the album. So yeah, I really do think they wrote this to close the album for sure. 
so yeah, if the, if the no matter what the record label said, the evil suit said, hey, you got four songs. This was always going to be the four, the last one. Yeah. So yeah, you yeah want to get into closing thoughts here? Let's do it. Cool. I will go first if you don't mind. Let's do it. Cool. Uh, so I really do think you have to listen to a lot of music before you can like jazz. I think that is, uh, I, I could be wrong with that, but I, we've talked about it before. I don't think there's any like, outside of like Alex Sullivan or p- kids that are in band and like learn music theory from an early age. I don't think there's any casual m- listener of music that grows up like liking jazz. You know what I mean? It's, it's, oh, it's, it's because I, I understand the, the gripes on it that it's, it's boring or I don't understand it. Or why do, why are they making these noises that don't make sense? It, it doesn't sound anything like pop. Why would I want to listen to this? But I think as you go through your musical journey and you listen to a lot of shit and you find a lot of shit you love and a lot of shit you hate, you start to realize what music, what good, well, what great music actually is. Cause good music is good music. It's played well, it's written well, but great music is, it's not playing notes perfectly. It's playing those notes, but digging deeper to find the emotion in those notes. And I think that's, that is the soul of jazz. And I think that's why people, listen when they listen to it, they don't necessarily understand it because they haven't really dug in. They, they, they're comfortable in their pop space, right? These notes, I know what these notes are. I know what they represent. And I know that they're being played correctly. Like these, all these, everything resolves. It all is nice. It's in a nice little three-minute, 30-second package. I don't need anything other than that. And then that's fine. But when you really start to dig in and play music at a high level, it's really about like phrasing and like dragging out a note or really digging deep to find what that note means from an emotional standpoint. And I really think jazz is the closest form of music other than like classical that really kind of digs into that because classical had to, right? I mean, there was no lead singer to sing what the emotion is in classical unless it was an opera It'd be even still like a lot of opera has very emotive music in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I really think you have to, you really have to either one, understand music theory to understand what they're doing or two, listen to a lot of music and get to a point where you can appreciate what's going on. And I think that's where I am in my life. It took me 34 and a half years to get there, but yeah, I fucking love jazz. I'm a jazz man. Yep. We graduated from uh, Jubes. <laughs> We're now... We're jazz, I don't know. we're jazz men. We're jazz men. Yep. I just need to find my Aladdin. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to think of a clever way and you beat me to it. Um, it wasn't that clever. <laughs> uh, my closing thoughts are I wish Alex Sullivan was here. Yeah, me too. Because I, I texted him a little bit about it and he seemed to get really excited to talk about jazz and I, I'm sad. Yeah. I should have swung by and p- picked him up, just kidnapped him. He... Uh, he makes us want to like learn more about music mm-hmm. he is a great teacher he's mm-hmm. great um he doesn't like seem too above us to like come down and, and teach us yeah. things about music and um can't say enough about the guy but i really like this album and it made me feel nerdy which was fun like yes i i appreciate this podcast because i've always kind of been nerdy about music in different ways mm-hmm. but to like get into different music and be like super nerdy about it and be like Ooh, and like rewinding 10 seconds and listening to that part over and over again until I figure out what it is, you know? Dude, when I was listening to uh, Mirage, uh, the, like on my way here yesterday, I was like, I I feel better than everyone else that doesn't like jazz. So I get it now. <laughs> I understand yeah. why jazz men are fucking assholes because it's like, 
you don't get it. And I feel like I do now, and I'm better than you because I get it. We're in the jazz club. <laughs> and it's just, it's I don't know, it was a cool feeling, but it's also like, oh, I'm that guy now. But I think it's it's not coming from a place of snobbishness. It's just like, hey, I get it, yeah. and it's awesome. Yeah. And you don't, so you need to go listen to more music. <laughs> so, yeah, if you stay tuned long enough, uh, we're going to watch La La Land and tell you everything that's wrong <laughs> yeah. with it. Um, but, yeah, that... It was a really good. It was a good pick, man. Especially after last week, it was different, yeah. but still, still, it was different, but still good, different. Yeah, and again, this is the first time you and I had ever listened to them. I, I like I said, I discovered them the day before I, I picked them, so I, I, I hadn't listened to them at all. Unlike my, you know, like I said last week, I'm, I was tired of being the the low hanging fruit guy. <laughs> I, I want my bands to interact with us on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say thing a bad thing about one of my bands and then talk about it. <laughs> yeah, and then we make it our Twitter banner. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, let's get in the song of the show, shall we? Let's do it. I'll let you go first. All right. Uh, my song of the show, Tiesto just released an EP, and it's fucking fire. And I thought I toyed around with the idea of just saying, "Hey, I'm, the whole EP is my song of the show because it's only 14 minutes long, and that's the length of a normal metal song." So that's true. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, I, I chose Take You, I'll Take You High off the uh, EP. I believe it's the third song in the four song EP. And I picked it because it's got huge, like 2015 Swedish House Mafia, Big Room. Oh, energy. it bangs. It yeah, bangs. it's fucking awesome. It's just so good. And it, this is this is a perfect example of why I love EDM because when you listen to it, it just makes you happy. You dance like an idiot and you just feel good. And Tiesto is the best to ever do it. And, uh, yeah, anytime he releases something, I'm going to listen to it, and I'm going to recommend it every time. Yep. My song of the show, Party in the USA by Bill Murray featuring Surf Team. I've been going backwards and listening to more Bill Murray, and he has a song called Bill Murray and Friends, and he has a bunch of songs that are just covers. And I love how they they slow down Party in the USA. Did you listen to this? I did. I listened to it today, and I loved it. Yeah, it's so cool. It's like... What, it's like, like the jazz version of Party in the USA. How, like, how did they do that? How do they make it like so, so much cooler? Yeah, like Party in the USA was always kind of like a fun, corny song, I, and they made the song cool. Full disclosure: I fucking love Party in the USA. Yeah, it's a guilt. It 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 could be a guilty pleasure if yeah. you believed in them. And we're, we'll we'll talk about it. We've already done our notes for the ne- our next episode, um, but I think it's hilarious how much you love Paris. But it's like me how much I love Miley Cyrus. I think it's it's hilarious that I, a giant 34-year-old bald man, is obsessed with Miley Cyrus. Not because she's attractive. There's certainly that. But because I just genuinely love her music. <laughs> yeah. You can't fight it. Yeah. You can fight it as hard as you can. But yeah, undeniable. Yep. Um, but what a great song. Uh, if you want to check out our Song of the Show playlist, it's going to be in our show notes. Uh, I've also got individual links for the songs uh, in case you're just interested. Like you want to hear... The Tiesto song, but you want you don't want to check out Bill Murray because you had your fill last week. <laughs> um, but we also got the playlist. If you want to check out our social media, our Instagram is at Off the Beaten Cliff. Our Twitter is at Off Cliff. Our TikTok is at Off the Beaten Cliff Pod, and our email is Off the Beaten Cliff at Gmail dot com. Mm-hmm. So next week, well, at the end of this week, I guess. Sure. Yes. Uh, the way it's going to get released, uh, this episode is going to be out on Monday like normal, and uh, to kind of beat the halloween rush we didn't want to put it out on november 1st yeah uh so we're putting it out on friday it's going to be our spooky playlist yep 
And uh, if all goes well, our friend Tommy's going to stop in, and we're going to have a good old time. Number one spooky boy, Tommy Bacara. He's been wanting to do like the emo boy playlist, yeah. so this is the closest we'll you get for now. You guys can do that together. I will sit that week. No, you'll be in. <laughs> you will. listen to enough emo. I don't want to do it. You have your own version of emo. <laughs> That's true. I do. It's um, it's called new metal. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, we're super excited to do the spooky playlist, and yep. uh, we'll see you guys later in the week. Yep. Bye. Fucking hot. <laughs>